Welcome to Naomi's Table, a Bible study podcast for women. I'm your host, Amy Spreeman. Check out all of our Bible studies at naomistable.com. Now, here's today's lesson in the book of James with teacher Beth Seifert. Welcome back to our study in the book of James, ladies. Today we're going to be jumping into James chapter 2, and I've titled this lesson, Day 4, Partiality Problems. Now James just talked about what true religion looked like, and he specifically mentioned the widows and orphans, those who had no one else to care for them and who needed protection. Now, he explains what is going on when we show preferential treatment to anyone, and why this is a huge issue within the body of Christ. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to James chapter 2, starting in verse 1 through verse 13. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing, and say, You sit here in a good place, While you say to the poor man, You stand over there, or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you? And the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, Do not commit adultery, also said, Do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So James's basis for all of this is made clear in verse 1. He appeals on the grounds of the common faith we have in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Pause on those titles for a moment. Calling Jesus Lord and referencing our common faith reminds the listener that we are all under his lordship. We all serve the same master, and no one is greater than their master, no one. We are all co-laborers in the master's vineyard for his good pleasure. God shows no partiality among his people, despite what we may think. He gives to each according to what is best for that person and what will bring him the most glory. This was brought home to me one day when I had the opportunity of meeting Paul Washer and hearing him preach over the span of a couple of days. 
I remember vividly when he asked at one point, Do you think God loves the Apostle Paul more than he loves you? I was starting to nod. Of course he does. Of course God loves Paul more than me. He should. God used Paul so mightily to spread the gospel and provide an example for us in Scripture that we still have today. I honestly thought it was a rhetorical question. But I felt like Paul Washer was looking right at me as he said, No, you are as much loved as the Apostle Paul was. God paid the same price to ransom you that he paid to ransom Paul. Tears filled my eyes. I'd honestly never thought about that before. God truly does love us all. If God, who honestly knows all of us way better than we even know ourselves, and he doesn't show partiality, we, who are being made into the likeness of his Son, should also imitate that example and strive to avoid showing partiality. Christ had every reason to demand partiality and preferential treatment, yet he washed his disciples' feet. This sin of partiality that James goes on to describe is more than just preference. These readers seem to have forgotten who they really are and whose they are, and they're operating in the world's economy once again. Now, James has just gotten done warning the reader that true religion that pleases God is to care for the widow and the orphan, and this partiality is more evidence of their sinful priorities. Showing partiality, especially based on externals like clothing and jewelry and wealth, is a sign of your own heart making distinctions and judging with evil thoughts. We are called to practice righteous judgment, discerning between right and wrong. We are not called to practice bad judgment, discriminating based on externals. We need to be reminded of what Scripture says about God's economy versus man's economy. In 1 Corinthians 1, verses 26-31, we see God's economy laid out for us. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. God chose what is foolish in the world, that which is not of noble birth, to shame the wise of the world. God chose what is weak to shame the strong. In Christ, we have nothing to boast about in ourselves. We owe everything to God, and so we boast only in Him. So look back at James 2 again. James says the same thing that Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1. Look at verse 5. Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him? God didn't choose the rich and prominent. He didn't choose the ones who would, by the world's standards, be deemed worthy of being called by God. No, he chose the poor in the world and made them rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom he has promised to those who love him. Partiality based on wealth dishonors the poor man. 
James points out that oppression frequently comes from those who have wealth and power and influence. The rich have the ability and power to use the courts to their advantage. They drag the poor into court, showing disdain and disrespect for the people of God. There truly is a unique temptation to sin for those who have wealth. It's easy to look at your wealth and think, well, I have all of this because God loves me more than he loves others. Or to look at your wealth and think, I have all of this because I'm inherently better or smarter than others. Neither of those things are true, but when those who have wealth see their wealth as anything but a gift of God that they have no right to expect, they fall into these traps. And wealthy people of the world who have all the things that the world says matter look at the people of God as foolish, and they mock and blaspheme Jesus' name. Their goal is wealth and power, and when we don't pursue the same goal, but instead pursue the goal of dying to ourselves for the glory of God, they think we are the worst kind of fool. Don't be like them. Don't be like the world. If God has given you wealth, praise God for it, but don't use your wealth to dishonor God by mistreating and abusing people simply because you can. There is not anything inherently better about being poor, but we must be careful to consider what God has told us to do, and then we must obey. James makes it clear, if you show partiality in any way, you aren't honoring God and you aren't obeying the commandments of God. Specifically, you aren't loving your neighbor. You may be loving your wealthy neighbor, but you're neglecting and dishonoring your poor neighbor as you do so. Breaking this law, showing partiality and not loving your neighbor, condemns you under the whole law. If you fail to keep God's law at any one point, you have broken the whole law, all of it. It's all tied together. Now, we do see in Scripture the case to be made for some sins being more heinous than others. Matthew eleven twenty one through 22 Luke twelve forty seven through 48 John nineteen eleven Hebrews ten twenty nine. But even the smallest offense is a serious offense to God and is worthy of hell. So don't think you can excuse yourself and say, Oh, but I've kept all those other laws, and I do love some of my neighbors, and think God will be fooled. God's not fooled. Demonstrate in your words and actions that you understand God's law and are submitting to the law of liberty, setting you free from your sin as you submit to Christ. Show mercy to others. Mercy triumphs over judgment, and if you've shown no mercy in your judgments, you're setting a standard you can't live up to and that you don't want applied to you. Take holiness in your own life seriously and don't justify your own sin. But don't be overly harsh to those who sin against you. Ladies, if we were as concerned about our own sins as we were about the sins committed against us, We'd be so busy dealing with our own sin and repentance, we wouldn't have time to worry about anyone else. Ladies, we live in a time where partiality is being pushed forward in a new, sneaky way. We are being told that you should be partial to those who have less wealth, and you should be ashamed if you have more wealth than they do. And you should also malign and mistreat those who have more wealth than you do. That's still partiality, and while the world may push that agenda, it has no place within the body of Christ. Ask yourself this, when Bill Gates dies, how much will he leave behind? 
all of it. Everything will be left here. The number doesn't matter. He's not taking any of it with him. All the things you accumulate in this life will be left behind. We shouldn't look down on those who have wealth any more than we should look down on those who don't. Some of the most generous people have very little money. But there are also some among the extremely wealthy who are extraordinarily generous. Again, we'll deal with this in a later lesson, but remember, it's not the wealth that's the issue, it's the heart. We all need the gospel, and we all need to be reminded that in the body of Christ, we all serve the same master. So we should be glad when a brother or sister in Christ has the ability to financially assist the cause of Christ in our world. Ladies, a few questions for us today. Consider what you are naturally partial to in others. How might that be a tendency of sin hiding in your own heart? It's not a bad thing necessarily to prefer one thing over another, as long as it doesn't lead to preferential treatment. This is hard for me, I admit. I was struggling with this the other day, realizing that I prefer the company of one couple to the company of another couple and having to be careful not to justify any potential sin in my heart of how I then respond in interactions with either of those couples. Now, it's not a sin to hang out with one friend more than another. Sometimes that's just life and schedules, and you can't be friends with everybody. There's not that kind of time. But if you're actively avoiding one for another, and it's not because of a safety or a healthy boundary issue, you probably need to examine your own heart. How might you be justifying your sin of partiality specifically? Are you excusing yourself in what you would condemn others for? Do you show mercy before you jump to judgment? How might God be using this section of James to help you root out issues in your own heart? Ladies, it is good for us to examine ourselves to be sure that we are not guilty of these things instead of just passing them over and saying, Oh, since I don't judge based on wealth... This passage is not about me. Dig deeper, ladies. Reread these verses today and ask God to reveal your own sin tendencies here. And then confess and repent of those sins so that you may be made more into the image of His Son to the praise of His glorious grace. Ladies, you'll find the notes for this study under the Bible Studies tab of the website naomistable.com day 4 partiality problems.